salutations and shit guys welcome to another episode of travel and shit i am your host d carrie and you're now listening to your new favorite travel podcast where we discuss more of the what was learned from travel what was experienced as opposed to the how-to um thanks guys for all the new listeners welcome 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 and special welcome back to all of you guys that have been uh listening for a while now we are really inching up close to a year. Yeah, I think this is episode 46. So what does that mean? Six more to go for a year, 52 weeks in a year. I am uh, quite excited for that. So I uh, can't really think of any plans or of any special way to commemorate it as of now. But I got like a month left to figure it out, right? Um, let's see. Housekeeping, anything that I need to follow up on. Thank you again to the last... Well, not last week's, but the week before's guest, Worldwide Guys, uh, FGI. Appreciate them coming through. And be sure to check them on the Instagrams and make sure to follow. This way you guys can uh, ask me any of your travel questions. I know a lot of you guys have been texting me and DMing me. Keep coming through. I have no problem answering all your questions. You guys just have to do the work. So it's underscore D carry. It's letter D C A R R I E. Or you can follow the show at travel and shit T R A V E L the letter N the word shit. And then an underscore at the end. And also make sure to hit up beats on film. If you guys have any, um, you know, studio questions or, um, interests and concerns. If you need, uh, videos and all that jazz, that's uh, beats on film. And all of those uh, details, along with any particular links and along with any, um, you know, um, I guess, added information that would be discussed in any of the episodes can be found on my website, which is dcarry.com. Okay, so that's the boring stuff. And now on to the fun. So I just got back from... Bali and Shanghai, I want to say two, three weeks ago now. And people are still asking me, oh, how was the trip? How was the trip? And I've been saying that I had a okay time, that um, Bali definitely, definitely was not what I was expecting it to be. I had this preconceived notion of, um, you know, I guess, inner peace that I was supposed to reach Nirvana while I was there in the four days, right? So I think that after repeating myself like a thousand times that I didn't enjoy Bali as much because I wasn't able to connect with any locals. I enjoy traveling for the aspect of being able to learn about different cultures and learn about how people are very similar to me and then also how people are very different from me when I am abroad. So for me, being able to um, learn things that I was totally unaware of are the perks to travel for me. So that brings me to Shanghai. I had a layover there for pretty short amount of time. I had a 12 hour layover, but I arrived at like five in the morning, maybe six o'clock in the morning. So a lot of that time was really unusable because what are you doing at 5 a.m., right? So I ended up making sure that I was able to use my time as wisely as possible since I didn't have that much time available to me. And I am a fan of booking with Airbnb 
and I enjoy using their experiences. So I booked an experience. It was a walking tour of the old city of Shanghai. And my, let me just re rewind back and say shout out to my host who really came through with trying to set up the taxi situation for me. She did not speak a lick, a lick of English and all of it was done through Google Translate on her couch. And she really, really was um, thorough and very considerate of my short amount of time there. She made sure to arrange for a taxi to pick me up from the airport. But then I explained to her that I needed to get to the city so that I could do the tour I was that I'd already had planned. She had the taxi. Now, mind you, this is all through translation and a lot of things are lost in translation. So keep in mind when you're translating, I mean, when you're communicating with someone and it has to be translated, that you want to be as precise as you can and use, um, I don't want to say actual words, but try not to use slang or words that can be easily um, lost in translation, if you will. So it, sometimes when you type one thing in, you have to be aware that it's not going to come out exactly the same in a totally different language. So through all of that, she was able to get a taxi driver. He brought me to the city, was arranged to have him pick me up when my tour was over, bring me back to her place, wait for me, and then bring me to the airport so that I can catch my flight out to Bali. So special thank you to my host. I'll definitely leave a link to where I stayed. And um, I am very, very happy and excited to announce to you guys and welcome to you guys my guide from shanghai so Hello. this is mickey and she's calling in at 6 30 in the morning thank you so much for getting up um no to be a guest on my podcast and i would specifically like to add that i asked her to be a guest because she opened my eyes to so much i um I've seen my fair share of countries and I've been my uh, I've had my, you know, a nice little share of conversations and it never fails to amaze me how much you can learn by asking the right questions and just being open to getting new information. And um, while we were walking and doing the tour and I got to say, Mickey, you were very well prepared and I appreciated that. Sometimes you. you go places and um, you get a. I just appreciate people that know what they're talking about. So thank you for that. And yeah. um, the conversations we had were very organic. They weren't forced, and you made it a very enjoyable trip. So I'll start there, and now I will let you introduce yourself. Okay. So, um, hello everyone. I'm Mickey. I'm from Shanghai, China. So basically, it's my first time on uh, a podcast. So it's very interesting ex experience for me. So um, I was born and raised in Shanghai, and um, so um, I'm talking about my job. I'm now a full-time tattoo artist, and um, basically, actually, I was um, I used to be a um, you know, HR human resources specialist in a British company in Shanghai. And um, uh, I got some opportunities to travel around the world, not 
to many countries. But that opened my eyes of how like young people are living in their own countries, like mm. in Western country, Western countries. So um, you know, China is more like traditional country. So basically, I I found probably can do something different rather than to staying stable in a company and working like normal as everybody's doing. So. I had a very um, strong interest in tattooing, like art. So I started to learn how to um, tattoo, and then um, I, I didn't think I can I can make it actually, <laughs> but I made it. So um, then I quit my job in in uh, March two thousand eighteen, and until now. Oh wait, so, so you've only been tattooing for like a year? Um. So I I I. I did it like part time as a part time a part time job. Okay, for a while before that. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. on your Instagram, your art is incredible. I get Thank I try you. to get a tattoo um, every trip that I go on, and uh-huh. honestly and truly, I really wish I could have gotten my tattoo with you <laughs> instead of the one that I got in Bali. The one in Bali, I'm still. I'm 87% yeah. sure that I like it now, but initially I was, it was real touch and go. wasn't really sure, but it was like, you know, it adds to the whole story. But, you know, I had like water stuff to do yeah. in Bali. So, I, you know, you can't get a tattoo then. But so, he, so how long were you doing it part time? So it's about like one year. So totally it's about like two years, like more than two years. Wow. Not a, yeah, not a very long time. At all to be so so I guess you're just naturally artistically inclined then like you've always been drawing and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Got I it. like drawing. I, I but I didn't like study art mm-hmm. like uh, systematically, but I I like art. Yeah. Okay, so I'll let you yeah. keep going. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, then then talking about um, the Airbnb because I, I love traveling. So when I like you, I I a lot of and I always want to communicate with the local people and uh, um, to find some special places not listed in the books. So I, um, I, I love using Airbnb as well. Probably I can do something for my um, hometown. And uh, I know a lot of people are traveling in Shanghai, um, but... Uh, um, some of them or, or, or most of them are or most of the travelers probably they will uh, spend time on the tourist spots the, right. the, tra- the attractions listed in the travel books so probably um, I was thinking I can show something special to the um, travelers which like is very um, very local but also um, unique Mm-hmm. So, um, and also I like taking photographs a lot. So when I have the, like leisure time, I also I always go onto the street just to wander on the street and, and do a lot of street photographs. So um, I, I use my time to study some history because, you know, sometimes when you are living in your living in a, in a city for, for more than 20 years, but you don't know the, the history of it. Right, and right. You never the intention to do that. So I, I, I started to, um, to read books and documents and found that the whole picture, how, the, how Shanghai um, has developed. So I, I um, researched a lot and uh, reached a, a couple of uh, rules 
including the the roots, the the, the tour where we were going, mm-hmm. we were walking through. So um, then I started to. It started from um, the end of last year, so it's not a long thing, right? Either. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I started to have some customers, and uh, um, that that really make makes me feel very. Like it's an interesting experience because you you meet with a lot of people mm-hmm. from all over the countries and they do very different jobs and from different countries, and uh, yeah, and including some Chinese people from other places in China. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and I enjoy doing it very much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's something I'm doing now. So some brief introduction about myself. Yeah. So you basically split your time between the tour and tattooing. Yes. Okay. So while we were on the tour, one of the, in no particular order, right? So yeah. there were, let me see, one, two, three. I have another outline, guys. I was prepared with this. So let's see, there's like five, right? So one of the first things that threw me was when you were, we were walking through and you explained that there's basically gentrification in Shanghai. Now mm-hmm. I pride myself on being intelligent. I'm, I'm by no stretch of the imagination <coughs> stupid, but I don't know why it didn't cross my mind that there was gentrification happening in other places around the world, as opposed to, you know, just in the United States. So if you could just um, tell us a little bit about gentrification in Shanghai. Yeah. So basically, I think a very interesting thing um, about Shanghai, if you um, have more time in exploring Shanghai, the city itself, very interesting thing is you can see a very traditional site. um, And also very modern site because the tour we walked through is a very um, traditional side of Shanghai and um, um, the, the, um, so that kind of history was um, the development and the gentrification of Shanghai is before like 1840 so because 1840 we have a war called Opium War that's the time when foreigners came to Shanghai and Shanghai became the biggest city in Far East um, uh, Asia. Mm-hmm. But before that, um, Shanghai was like a pretty wealthy, developed city um, in uh, country-wise in, in China. So basically, um, so, um, and you know, uh, we have, we had a lot of dynasties. The, the last dynasty is Qing dynasty. Mm-hmm. So um, at that time, Shanghai has already developed a lot and became a very big and, uh, and busy city in, in, in China. And that um, attracted, you know, the Japanese pirates to mm. come to Shanghai and um, um, uh, to do some not very... And then... Um, Shanghai uh, government started to uh, uh, to build a wall, a city wall. So Shanghai had a city wall before, but now it it doesn't it did, uh, it doesn't exist. So um, then, like a lot of um, like it, economy, business, trading has been um, developed a lot during that time, and. Um, yeah, and, and then after the 1840, the uh, first opium war, when the uh, British people came to Shanghai and they live and doing business in Shanghai, 
the development was more and more rapid. So this is a kind of a, a whole background and the whole whole line of how Shanghai developed mm-hmm. in, in these like two hundred years. So in terms of so like in the United States, when we consider gentrification, right, we will look at it in terms of business. There's an established neighborhood. People live there. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, it's generally an area where I guess you can say wealthy or prominent people won't exactly find value, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now, there's cultural value, there's value to the people that live there, there's value to the people that have family there or business or, you know, any type of dealings with the area. However, when certain things, now mind you, this ain't what my degree is in. By all, no stretch of imagination, listeners, is my degree in uh, community planning or uh, politics or gentrification in particular, but follow me here. So when people come into um, I don't necessarily want to say underdeveloped but maybe undervalued neighborhoods and then they start to put uh, different restaurants um, chain stores and they invest more in it they essentially push out the people that are in that neighborhood so I know when we were walking through the city you had mentioned that the wall did a really great job of keeping the city behind the wall very yeah. traditional and it kept them with um i don't want to say like a vast difference but like outside of the walled city That's there not- were you know tons of stores and businesses high buildings and yeah. you know it was a metropolitan area but inside yeah. there were of course the shorter buildings there were um the more compact housing mm-hmm. and the, you were explaining that the government is essentially trying to buy people out so that they yeah. can develop the city, but a lot of people are, you know, really holding back from, I don't want to say falling into that, but they're, you know, they're set in their ways. They're more traditional and they want to keep those ways. So what was it about the, um, like, how is that going? Is that something that's still continuing or is that something that the people are trying to push back from? Are there is there a large population of people in the old city, in the walled city, yeah. that are still trying to avoid that happening? Yeah. So basically, um, all the high buildings we were um, seeing around the, the old city, actually they were part of the old city, Originally, because mm-hmm. all the those areas, all the um, uh, the traditional local houses were teared down and turned into the business kind of apartments, those high buildings, mm-hmm. and some for business uh, kind of use. And uh, it is kind of one of the 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 urban plans of Shanghai. So the government is trying to um, not push. The local people away, but to um, to more use like to 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 use more of the land itself, and uh, you know, Shanghai is a very big population of people who are living in Shanghai, and um, the the real estate price is 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 crazy now. Mm. So um, I think, and also um, it's from kind of business perspective. 
So government is doing this, and uh, before actually the living, as you 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 saw when we were walking um, in a community, those um, the 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 living condition there was not very good. Right, the houses are very old because they're all built from like around nineteen thirties in, in in Shanghai. Um, and they can have a, a large amount of compensation if they agree to move out to um, the probably not so city center, but more apartments with with um, uh, better condition. But you know, Chinese people sometimes they're like, and most of them are old people living there, and they've lived there from probably their childhood, and then for for a lot of years. And um, traditional Chinese. Um, mind is more like I have the roots here, mm-hmm. so I, I I want to pass this to my next generation or the next next generation, and I want to live here for 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 probably until I die. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people want um, uh, move out, and uh, and actually government cannot do anything if you don't want to move mm-hmm. out right. at this stage. So, um, but I think. Um, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I think the area will probably, probably the gov- I guess probably the government will remain some of the old buildings because it's heritage, the, the history. Right. But turn it more to like new, um, kind of like business use rather than real people living in in houses. Yeah. So in terms of the people that like live there, are there any? young people are there like people our age or is it mostly um an older community because i remember um we were talking about i had never felt more noticed (laughs) than i did when i was there like i've been stared at before but like people (laughs) on bikes like were riding by and like they just wouldn't take their eyes off of me as they're riding by. And I know you'd mentioned like Shanghai is a metropolitan city. Like there have been people, you know, see black people in Shanghai and they see other people of color. And but in that area, it just felt like, you know, a lot of people were just so surprised to see. And I was like, I think I might have seen one other black person. And that might have been a stretch the um, the time that I was there. But yeah so what is um what's tourism like there or even you know expats that live there what's the um the mix of cultures that you've maybe seen while you've spent time in the area yeah i think why there are more people like uh, staring at you is because um the first part when we um we walk through the, the community that is a kind of broken part, right? It's mm-hmm. like a lot of people have have already moved out, and uh, in the, that area, a lot of uh, old people living there. And um, the second part, we were walking, is more like people living there. There's still a lot of people living there, and mm-hmm. um, um, still a lot of young people living there because I think they live with their parents. Okay, right. Or, or yeah, a big family. Actually, a lot of foreigners in Shanghai, they like living in these kind of um, uh, uh, old houses. Uh, like in, in the French concession, there are a lot of uh, old houses renovated. 
like the interior renovated again, and uh, and therefore for either on sale or 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 uh, like rent, you can rent. Mm -hmm. So actually, a lot of foreigners like living in these houses. So probably. Because the the part of the uh, the city we were walking through is really the very very local people who have lived there for for more than like five five hundred years, mm-hmm. and um, um, there are also some um, these type of houses in other parts of Shanghai as well, but those parts are in the uh, concessions in the settlements, mm-hmm. which where a lot of Already had a lot of foreigners living there for for a long time, so that would be more usual to see a, a foreigner or or or, or different skin people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the people that are more outside of where we were, like in the older city, are more used to seeing a diverse group of people come through on occasion, as opposed to you know the I guess more traditional area. Yeah. Yeah. So also what struck me as like it never crossed my mind before, of course, is when we were passing by the school and you pointed out that it was a minority school. And so I was like, well, what do you what do you mean a minority school? And you're like, yeah, it's a school for minorities. I'm like, no, no, no. I understand what a minority school is. But like we're in China, like you're all Chinese. Like what are minorities? So what are minorities in China? How does the minority population work for you? Because in the States, minorities are people of color. It's generally anybody that's not white. Now, granted, minorities aren't exactly technically the minorities. I believe minorities now um, outnumber white people. But again, this is not what my degree is. I ain't Googled the current stats, but minorities are generally people of color. So Mm -hmm. how does the, I guess minority demographic work in China? And why yeah. do they have a school? So basically, um, it's a very interesting because I looked into um, uh, some dictionaries because I want <laughs> to be more accurate because I saw the, the translation for like this group of people in Chinese in English is called multiple ethnic groups. Okay. I don't know. If I don't know if that's like more more clear. <laughs> so they're mixed ethnicities. They're not just Chinese then. No, they're Chinese. So they're Chinese. Okay. So okay. Yeah, you're gonna have to explain more. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So but so so they're all Chinese people. But in in um um in China we have uh fifty six different groups of these people mm-hmm. so they are in different areas in china so the most population the biggest population of uh, the groups is han so we call hanzu so han so like me mm-hmm. okay so all the all the almost all the friends of my like my classmates my schoolmates are from han group and that's and, an area in china or that's like uh, uh, i guess a a family line a, a lineage of people in china i I think it's the kind of uh, people who are living in a certain area so -hmm. probably for example in the west of china Mm -hmm. we have um like xinjiang is a very big part one sixth of the 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 china land Mm -hmm. and mainland and uh, they have a very big population of uh, a minority group 
they are Chinese, but actually they look like foreigners.、Mm-hmm. I think it's because they lived there for a long time and had some、um, uh, impact from people from like、um, um, like East other countries in in Middle East Asia. So、mm-hmm. they look like the Middle East Asian people. Okay. Like foreigners, they they look totally different from me, but they are Chinese.、Mm-hmm. So I think it's more about people lived in a certain place for a long time, and they have different kind of climate and different way of eating and different foods, different way of living. Because as us, we're more like living by by doing business, and probably they're more living by on on. Like it's totally different because we're in a city, and they they're probably in a very rural area.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, so so we have fifty six、um, uh, minority groups, and uh, uh,、um, the biggest one is Han, and other fifty five are like small population, and、um, so、they the have their own. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, but so the groups are.、Um, I guess organized by their location in China, like just different main areas in China, and I guess it's like different cultural differences, like the different types of food they eat based on what's yeah, grown there、yeah. and the climate, and just you know, I guess regular、um, things that they do differently in life, right? So that's how the、yeah. different groups are, I guess, classified or yeah, classified. Yeah. Okay,、so、go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So、um, yeah, the other fifty-five groups are、uh, there are like with small pop- population,、mm-hmm. and、uh, they have their own、um, traditional and a、uh, tradition, and uh, uh, and also、um, like uh, uh, some of them because of the religion reason, and because、uh, some of the minority groups they're like Muslims or, or or like this, and they don't eat like pork these things, so. So back to the question: Why we have some、um, specialized、uh, like kindergarten schools for those people is because of their own tradition、mm-hmm. and um, um, people. Because most of us live similarly, right? But this group of people they live in a、um, in a city, but they are a little bit different in the way of living from other people. So the government will. Um, build some schools、uh, for these people's children to、mm-hmm. to help them more accommodate to the to the city life. That is quite interesting. So, is that the case in a lot of different regions? So, I guess in say I'm unfamiliar with like what the names of the regions would be. So, yeah, let's yeah. say in region A, where you have、um, like a mix of people from two, four, and six. Um, group, then you'd have like maybe people four would be the minority in that location in region A versus in region C where they are not the minority. Like they wouldn't have the minority school. So like different groups can be minorities in different areas. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, is that only something that happens in Shanghai, or does like all of China like? Kind of cater to the minorities in the area that they're in, so that the children are able to, I guess, assim- not assimilate, but like so that they're、mm-hmm. able to keep their traditions. Is that like common practice throughout all of China? I think so, because um, um, 
Because a lot of um, uh, people from minority groups, they want to go to big cities as well. Mm. So more and more people going to big cities. So oh, so it's more so in the cities, in the larger yeah. cities. Okay, duh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, um, uh, yeah, I think, and also I think those a lot of traditional and the way of living um, of these minority groups are kind of history and culture that China. Wants to keep and to wants to protect,、mm. so that's why I think they want to. Okay, you are living in a big city, but you can also keep your way of living. So we want to help build these communities where you can find some feeling of your still like you're still living in your hometown. Oh, that's、these、incredible! Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. This way, you don't lose your history, you don't lose your yeah, culture yeah, yeah. through. The children growing up, they're able to speak、um, their language amongst themselves. This and then it's like, for example, I was talking to、um, a friend of mine,、uh, Norm. Shout out to Norm.、Um, when I got to Shanghai, I hit him up because he's the only friend that I know that speaks Chinese. And、okay. of all the friends that, like, of all the Chinese friends I have, only Norm speaks Chinese. So I text <laughs> Norm and I'm like, bro, like. I'm in China.、Um, I'm in China. Just be on standby, just in case I need you.、And、he's like, "Well, where are you?" And I was like, "I'm in Shanghai." He's like, "Oh, well, I don't speak、um, that dialect." He had yeah, yeah. texted me what it was that he spoke, and he's like, "Well, in Shanghai, they speak Shanghainese, and they speak this, and they speak that, and like another." And I'm like, "Over my head, I have like I don't understand any of it." So I mean, okay, I'll keep that in mind and only call in case of an emergency, but.、Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like、um, Spanish. So you can go to a bunch of different countries, and they all speak Spanish, but they speak different dialects of Spanish. They're like、yeah. different words mean different things. Same thing in English. Like you go to Trinidad, you go to Jamaica, you stay in the United States, you go to、um, Bahamas, and everybody speaks English. But you know, depending on the accent or depending on like. The local norms, like different words, mean different things. Even between my friends that live in Philly and me and my friends in New York, like our slang is totally different. And、mm-hmm. a lot of th- even though we're speaking the same language, sometimes a lot of it gets lost in translation. So I really think that that's really ad, you know, I guess admirable for the government to make sure that those traditions are instilled in. Like a governmental thing, and not just like a personal thing for、yeah. you know the people to kind of keep up themselves. Because I know a lot of my friends、um, that are say of Latin or、um, Hispanic descent, like some of their parents didn't teach them Spanish, so they you know some of them speak Spanish, some of them don't. A lot of people come from their、um, Whatever their country is, and sometimes their parents just want them to assimilate just for their, you know, for their ease, so that they're accepted. But a lot, of, and then of course our government doesn't support that. You know what I mean? So yeah. And then oh, question on top of that. So for the minority schools, will there be, I guess, a mix of different minorities in the one school? So is it more like a traditional school, if you will, as opposed to say there's like. Three different major, I guess, minority groups in an area,、um, or just, or is it just like a school where parents will send their kids so that whatever their traditions are are somewhat preserved or just paid more particular attention? Like, how does that work? Is it based on the particular area? Does each area have their own? 
specified minority group. Like of all the groups that we have in this region, the only um, group that is going to be catered to at this school is going to be um, people from this group. Or does it kind of cater to everyone somehow in the one school? As far as I know, I think the, the school for the minority children are like they from the, the same same group. Okay. Then they will have the same tradition. And um, um, and I think not every minority, because some of the groups, they have only like, kind, for example, a family of people still, still in that. So very small population. I think the schools for, or the communities for the minority groups are from some uh, big groups. Okay. And like, yeah, it's kind of a, like um, the government will think like, okay, we have a scale of population, have this like group, and then we can Got do it. something for them. Something like this. Okay. Yeah. So once there's like a certain number in a, a yeah. region or an area, then it's kind of like, all right, so there are enough of you here that we'd like to kind of cater to what it is. You need. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So another thing that I noticed while I was in um, Shanghai, well, I noticed it even here in New York, a lot of the women are wearing face masks. They're wearing jackets. And it was hotter in Shanghai than it was in Bali. It was hot as hell. Um, but it was like a good, I don't know if I was just excited because I was on vacation, but it was kind of like a welcome heat because it's only, when I left, I think it was maybe 70s, 80s in New York. Um, we'd had a, I had left actually during a heat wave. So I think it was like 90 something degrees back home. And then I ended up getting there to 90 something. But in the 95 degree weather, I'm seeing women with long sleeves on, with um, hats and umbrellas, uh, parasols, and is that what they're called? They're called parasols, right? I think the little mm-hmm. umbrella that's not a rain umbrella, but the umbrella yeah, yeah. and the face masks. So I was questioning, I'm assuming that this is for beauty reasons because I actually knew a girl that was allergic to the sun god bless her it broke my heart we were in Disney World hot as hell and she had on a jacket but that's because she'd like break out in hives if she got too much sun exposure but there were so many women that were covered up but none of the men were right so I was questioning is this a like is it that every there's certain people that are concerned with health reasons what was it and you were saying that it's because they don't want to get any darker like they're avoiding the sun and it's like just a standard of beauty in the area or i guess in i i don't know if it's is it all of china or is it just shanghai i think um like if you go to like like south korea japan and mm-hmm. most people in east asia's like the um, um, they don't want to be dark mm-hmm. <laughs> in the dark skin, and um, um, uh, girls want to be stay like like plain, and want to be like to be white because mm-hmm. they think because we think that it is um, more beautiful, and because um, um, I know a lot of uh, like usually a lot of Western people like to be tanned, right? Right. Like on the beach, but you can see a lot of people um, uh, covered all themselves on the beach, especially like East Asian girls. 
And uh, we also have people like to be tanned, you know, like some in, in those machines as well. We have that kind of beauty service. But most of the women here um, still think um, being white is a sign of kind of being beautiful. Hmm. So um, in the summertime, a lot of people um, so, so apply sun creams and plus cover themselves and have the umbrella. And uh, I think men just, uh, they don't care about things. <laughs> yeah, they're not really worried about being beautiful. They're worried about yeah. just getting the yeah. beautiful girl or the beautiful yeah. guy. So, yeah, and then, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. So basically, uh, um, there will be some people, they want to avoid the, the, the sunshine because if you are exposed under the sunlight a lot, too much in in the summertime and uh, probably it will destroy your skin as well so so some people think of that as well yeah well yeah there definitely are you know health concerns to too much sun and good old spf generally uh comes through with the save for that but um i know that in now i'm a colorism is a thing everywhere yeah especially wherever you will have people of color the whether you be black or of Hispanic descent or Latin descent, um, some a lot of Spanish people are black, but essentially wherever you have people of color, to my understanding, it's even a thing in India where um, light is right for mm-hmm. the most part. Not everyone believes it, of course, but it's generally one of those. Um, societal standards that are held by many people, especially in media, mm-hmm. where the light, the lighter skin or the fair skinned version of a community or an ethnicity are the ones that are more readily portrayed in in the media, whether it be print media, whether it be tele- um, television, movies, all that jazz. Um, in music videos, it's generally the mm-hmm. light skinned girl with, you know, whatever version of hair is considered good hair in that, de- you know, in that um ethnicity um it'll be um the um, wherever you go and then even as an american when i've gone places like um cuba when i've gone places like colombia mm-hmm. when i'm watching tv and i'm seeing people of cuban and you know colombian descent it's always light-skinned people and then you get to mm-hmm. these country and there's people darker than me there are plenty of black people all over all of these countries and it's kind of like never portrayed in mass media. I'm certain that there is some media where you can find dark-skinned people of every ethnicity. But I was always aware that colorism was a thing in... Um, well, as a Chinese woman, do you consider yourself a woman of color? I don't think so. Okay. So actually, actually, we are living in a more kind of... Uh, I, I think it's like a fair like kind of um like uh, environment because um of course we have because because you know chinese is a very big population mm-hmm. we look we look uh, at each other almost all the same so it's not like in american like uh, white people black people like i mean from skin perspective it's a big difference right mm-hmm. but for us if like um in summer, I will be darker, and in 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 winter, I will be be more white. That's mm-hmm. a that's a small thing, yeah. 
But so you guys don't consider yourself like in terms of um, like if you were to come to the United States or so, you wouldn't consider consider yourself like a person of color, though. I will for me, I will only consider I'm Chinese and uh, there are foreigners all all around me. (laughs) Got it. So no. Okay. fair. Um, So are like bleaching creams and whitening creams a thing out there as well? Are they like really, are they heavily marketed or is it something that's just, well, if you know about it, you know about it. And if you're interested, you're interested in it. Or is it something that's like billboards and commercials for it and stuff? I think basically all the whitening, um, on, uh, like cosmetics are, are very, very popular. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we have some websites and uh, there are some kind of uh, like influencers. They will test mm. and to write kind of uh, like reports which product is is the best, and then that product will be will be um, sold out. Got <laughs> Something it. Something like this, yeah. And also, a lot of girls actually like more uh, like crazier people. They will try to have some surgery. No, not surgery, but you know you can. Like put some chemical things into your body and to to let you become more more like have lighter skin. So they're getting injections to be lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. That is um, a thing. Okay, I won't yuck anybody else's yummy, but I mean it's a <laughs> bit extreme to me. But yeah. I mean there are also people that are injecting silicone and other fillers and things yeah, in their yeah. body for you know for having an ass or for boobs and lips and cheek fillers and hips. And I mean, it's uh, cosmetic surgery, I guess what, whatever yeah. your thing is and whatever is going to fulfill you and make you happy uh, all for it, whatever. I just, I guess, you know, be healthy about it. Like are people, is it one of those things that um, is accessible to everyone across all socioeconomic backgrounds? Or it is one of those things where there may be like a black market for it or People are going, um, like, is it a popular thing? Like, mm-hmm. butt injections are, like, a popular thing now in the United States. Like, average people now are going to get them. It's not just, um, you know, celebrities. And it's accessible to everybody for the most part. Not everybody, everybody, but anybody that can pretty much put together a couple thousand dollars can either leave the country and get it done or find somebody that'll do some version of it for them for, you know, um, a certain price point. So it's like you'll have regular people like, you know, nurses or you'll have, you know, waitresses and hostesses and stuff actually getting these cosmetic surgeries done to enhance certain features. Whereas it's not just something reserved for people on TV, celebrities like these are people I'm sitting on the train with. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like just regular people getting the injections to lighten themselves. And it's not something that's only done by like affluent people with like tons of money or anything i think from like like i think most people can afford that it's only the problem do you want to do that got it and yeah yeah and for some small injections i think it's it's normal Mm. a lot of my friends doing that but um uh like like you know a lot of um like students when they go to before they go to university now a lot of parents will um, give their money to the plast- to do the plastic surgery as a kind of present of the um, uh, graduation of high school. Because mm-hmm. you know, in, in China, when before you go to university, you have a very very important 
um, a, a test. It's kind of ex- exam. Mm-hmm. It's kind of um, like SAT. In, right. In, right. So, so, and uh, yeah, a lot of uh, people, young people, they receive this kind of gift. What's the test called out there? Yeah. What's your test called out there? Uh, um, uh, I, I can only say that in Chinese. Go for it. <laughs> it's a gao kao. Okay. And that's like yeah. your, as a, like the pre-college exam to find out, I guess, what kind of school you're able to get accepted to. It's kind of the same. It's, it's the exam which decides whether you can go to a university or you can go to a good or or not so good university. It's a very very important exam. Um, except that you are going to study in foreign countries. Mm. This is like the whole time you were spending uh, before university are like serving for this exam. Got it. So yeah. the surgeries that these parents are gifting, what kind of surgery is it? Is it just the uh, lightning injection, like the injection for that? Or do they pay for surgeries for other things? Like, are they doing Botox? Are they doing... Is I it... think it depends. A lot of people do the real plastic surgery. What's that? The, the nose? Like, like a nose yeah, job yeah, or something? Yeah, the nose, the, the eyes. Like, like, yeah, these things. Got it. So it's like a common thing for graduation gifts to be like a cosmetic surgery before they go figure yeah more and more people aren't doing like this yikes so what was the other thing um i remember you had mentioned um well actually it's a pretty decent uh segue the old i guess practices in china of like the one child rule yeah and now where I don't remember exactly what it was and you can clarify it for me yeah. and make it make sense. But now it kind of works out in the favor of the women because uh, they're now so many men and, you know, mm-hmm. they have so many options. So if you want to elaborate on that. Yeah, you mean the one child rule, right? Yeah. Yeah. So basically because uh because china wants to um control the population so previously we have the one child rule mm-hmm. so obviously you can only have one child in your family but now is you know like um especially the big cities like shanghai and, and the more and more there are more older people and the less new births like babies right newborn mm-hmm. babies so the government uh, now um and the rule is, as far as I know, because I'm not very caring about this, <laughs> as far as I know, um, if like a couple, like a wife and husband, the wife is the only child in the family and the husband is the only child in the family, then you can have a second baby. Mm, interesting. Yeah. But I've read a research um, um, indicating that actually um, the, the rate of newborn babies are, is rising but most of them are the second child. So that means less and less young people are having their first baby. So less and less people are choosing to have babies because all the, 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 the rate indicates that the, the rising rate, the increase is the second baby that those couples who have already had the first one. 
Yeah. Got it. So it's more people having a second baby as a pe- as opposed to new people just having babies. Like yeah. it's, there aren't yeah. that many people having just the one child. It's just people with kids having more than one kid. Yeah. So um, when was the one child uh, rule like let go? When did they kind of, oh. I guess, lessen oh. up on that? I, I, I can't remember the exact year, but I think it was like like five six years ago probably. oh wow so in our generation like our parents would have technically only been able to have one child if they were yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in china so most, of, most of my 90 percent of my friends as my age we are the only child in our family wow and how old are you uh, i'm 29 okay so you're roughly my i just turned 34 so we're yeah. basically the same age so how did that work and that was mostly in the larger cities, because I think you had mentioned in more rural areas where right. the government wasn't really keeping up with what the people were doing. People were having more than one child. Right. Yeah. yeah. OK. So how did that work in terms of, um, I guess, partner selection and mate selection? And I guess also in favoring boy children to girl children, did, does that play any role into how people are choosing to partner now? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Because I think most of people now have don't have the, 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 the mind of, I want to have a girl or boy. Mm-hmm. So basically, male or female children are all, are both okay. No, so I mean, like, in terms, I don't know if I'm remembering correctly, but I feel like we had yeah. a conversation about um, since so many people favored having boys, um, they like the male population is so much uh, higher yeah. and it makes yeah. the I guess the it gives women more choices now. And yeah. it's like a man has to have so much more to offer because he's got so much more comp- uh, competition in terms of you know, partnering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that is actually a thing. I wasn't just making that up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I don't think it's a kind of a problem of um, a big population of male more than the female, but I think it's a kind of a tradition. Got it. Okay. For the male to have such kind of pressure of getting married because you need to have like in a traditional mind in, in China, you need to have have um, have uh, enough kind of uh, um, property. <laughs> like mm-hmm. in, in you need to have apartment, these things, and uh, it's quite competitive. But uh, I think like young people are now. I was talking discussing with my friends yesterday. Like more and more young people are caring less about these things. And uh, more of these problems are, are from um, the generation of our parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think that is um, attributed to? Because I know like in terms of like for us in the States, right? Yeah. Generate not too many generations ago, but now generations are becoming uh, more highly educated. So you're staying in school longer, so you're not exactly getting married at like 18, 22. Like I think my grandmother was married 
by the time she was like 18 or something like that yeah. and maybe had a kid at 19. I don't know how old my grandma was. But like she got married early and had a kid. My mom got married um, before. I think my mom was 29 when she got married. So she got married later mm -hmm. than her mother got lit, uh, mm -hmm. married. And I'm 34 with like no prospects. So I'm definitely, if I do get <laughs> married, getting married way later than my parents did. And um, in each generation, the education level has also surpassed. I don't know if my grandma has a college degree. I feel like she has some college, but my mom has her bachelor's. And I mean, I don't have a master's, but my brother's getting his PhD. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like the generations as they progress are obviously becoming more um, educated and starting families later. But I, part of it for us here is that one, we can barely afford to live here. We can't afford shit yeah. because our jobs aren't paying us anything. It's harder to get a job. And then housing in so many places is just astronomical. Like it's ridiculous. Like the average yeah. New York apartment, like one bedroom is like maybe fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars And it's mm -hmm. not even a big apartment, okay? So it's mm -hmm. not like you're in a nice apartment where you can even have space for having kids. But I think also for us, we've got so much access we've got yeah. computers we've got cell phone like we've got computers in our pockets like when i was in school they used to always tell us you know learn how to count and do all this math in your head because you're not going to have calculators in your pockets and now we've got computers in our pockets mm -hmm. but one of the things that i remember learning before i went to china was that i needed to download a vpn and I don't know what the acronym stands for, but it's basically so that I can access the websites that I can access back here in the States, the same that I can access there. This way I'm be able to use WhatsApp, I can use Instagram, Facebook, and all that jazz. So what yeah. type of internet access do you have in China? And in terms of that access, how do you think that has played a role in the differences in the generations like the way you guys think now like you and your friends are thinking well i'm not really concerned with getting married right now like what what are you guys concerned with so basically talking about the access to the internet so um now because we're using the, the the google so i'm using mm -hmm. the vpn now <laughs> okay normally i cannot use google and um um because um, you know we, we we can't have access to like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, these things because uh, the government thinks it's more like a, a free platform of uh, of um, um, saying anything, doing anything. But I don't think I think most of the people here don't think it's a big problem because we have our own social media platform mm. as well. The only thing for, for like, like me, for me is I need to know more like trend of the, the art in the world. And I follow a lot of like a very good tattoo artists. And I, I got some inspiration from design, these kind of things from from like uh, Instagram, from, you know, like Pinterest, these right. kind of uh, websites. So, yeah, and uh, actually using VPN is quite normal in, in young generation. And, uh, um, but sometimes it might be difficult because um, the government is, 
is sometimes in a certain period will will track not track is to 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 sometimes you will find the VPNs is not not using so well. Mm-hmm. So that means probably the government is controlling more strict in that period. But I think um, generally it's not a problem for most of people not using a VPN or not like like Google these these things. And um, um, I think yeah yeah. So it's more the younger generation that has access and actually uses VPNs. Yes. And so for those of you guys that don't use VPNs, you still have your own social media and you mm-hmm. still have your own. Uh, um, OK, so it's not like you guys um, don't have social media. It's just you don't necessarily have access to the same ones that we do in yeah. on the West, like the Western side. Yeah. OK, but you do have the ability or I guess the capabilities to use them if you have a VPN. Do you think that that? access to maybe more Western um, culture is influencing the decisions there to not have um, families and partner as much? Or you got like for in terms of you and your friends, because you can't speak for the entire demographic of 20 somethings, you know, like what do you guys, um, I guess, credit for not wanting to um, maybe settle down as quickly or, you know, be as concerned with having a partner? Um, I think because um, I've read a, a research recently, like the, the rate of marriage, marriage in, in China has in the young like generation has reached the, 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 the lowest one, the rate uh, in these like 10 years. Mm hmm. And the big cities like Shanghai are the most uh, the, the the low it has the lowest rate of, of getting married. So I think more and more young people, uh, um, I I don't think people don't want to settle down, but it's more like uh, it's not a a must thing in this kind of period of time. Yeah, and uh, um, more and more people have their own kind of way of living so like uh, like getting married or or finding a, a permanent partner is not a, a must do thing in this kind of period of period of time yeah okay so it's more of a i got time i'll do it later kind of thing i guess well yeah same yeah. as here then okay so i wonder how because in my mind i'm thinking we're not that different culturally we're only mm-hmm. different in terms of maybe our traditions but i feel like we still do a lot of stuff the same and it's generally perceived that you know if you don't have access to the same information i just find it pretty peculiar if you will that with um certain things so similar and certain things so different, we still kind of have the same trajectory, even though it's like two different worlds in a sense. It's like two different worlds, but then not two different worlds. It's kind of like two different parallels, if that makes sense. You know, it's like parallel universes where it's like in this universe and in that universe, you have the same person, but they're two different people 
in different worlds kind of thing, but they are living very similarly. It makes sense in my mind because that's exactly what happened in like Supernatural seasons like 12 and 13, but I digress. So last thing I want to touch on is you really gave me an appreciation for my privilege as an American. So I've got my own set of and list of issues with being a black woman in the United States. Mm -hmm. I've got my own set of issues with being an American considering the current president. But one mm -hmm. thing I will not ever um, again, I guess, undervalue or not appreciate is the access you reminded me that I have. When I came to China, mm -hmm. I was only there, I'm, I was there for a short amount of time, right? I was only there for 12 hours. So yeah. foolish me totally forgot to check what the visa restrictions were. Yeah. And I remembered a week before I left. And so I'm like, holy fuck, like, I don't know if I need a, a visa. I got to look into this. And so I did a little bit of Googling, went to the website because I, I flew uh, China Eastern Airways. And I realized, mm -hmm. okay, I'm good. I'm going to be there less than 144 hours. There's a transit visa program where as long as you're there for less than the 144 hours, you mm -hmm. don't need a visa to enter China if you stay in Shanghai and then like a handful of other, uh, I guess, neighboring provinces or cities or, you know, areas in the general region. So yeah. for me, I was able to get over there, no issue. Didn't need a visa to go to Indonesia. I think the mm -hmm. only country, I've, I've been to maybe 20 countries now, the only country that I needed a visa to get to um, was, well, two, Cuba and Qatar. And mm -hmm. when I tell you those visa processes were a breeze, they were a breeze. Cuba's was the easiest. I think I just filled out a paper when I got there or when I got to the airport in the States, I let them know that I was going to need to fill one out when I got, it was something ridiculous. And then for Qatar, I applied for it online maybe two weeks before I went and it got approved and it was no big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and my fee was waived. I didn't even have to pay for it. And I didn't pay for it. Heads up, Americans. If you fly, mm -hmm. uh, there's maybe a handful of different airlines. When you fly into their home city, they have tourist programs where they will um, really assist you with the visa pr uh, process. They will comp the visa. You don't have to pay for it as long as you're there for like usually 144 hours, 100 and something hours. It's usually like a three-day window they give you to be there without a, a visa and still roam the city at your leisure. So look into that if you're going to be um, going to an area where you do need to get a visa as an American citizen. But we were sitting and eating, um, yeah. and you had mentioned the visa process that you have to go through to basically get anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it really reminded me that the world is at my disposal unlike it is for many people in other countries. So can you just give like a an idea of what it requires from you to just be a tourist and go yeah. other places? Basically, um, basically it depends different countries. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have some countries, I think, I believe it's more and more countries like, um, like Chinese people don't need to have a visa to visit. And uh, like Qatar, 
as far as I remember, we don't need a visa to visit Qatar. Okay. And um, um, also some um, some countries like in the in the east. Like Japan, Korea is easier, mm-hmm. and uh, some countries in Africa and some countries in in because um, as far as I know, like Jamaica, we don't need a visa for Jamaica. Okay, <laughs> and um, um, but for some um, developed countries like in the Europe and in um, uh, like North America, uh, we we have a. I think a, 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 a very complicated um, visa application process. So, um, oh, first I've got my European visa. <laughs> Finally. Oh, after, good. Like, yeah, after like 10 days wait. So, so when I, for example, I, I applied for a Schengen visa in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. So um, some basic things you need to um, submit your passport, uh, some like application form, photos, these things. Others, because they need to verify if you have the regular income and enough financial support to visit that country or those countries. So you, you um, if you are employed employed in a co- in a company, so they will ask you to um, your company to issue a kind of certificate mm-hmm. to prove that you are working in their company, and then you need to sub- uh, submit uh, submit a kind of a bank um, bank slip for a salary to uh, to prove you have the regular income, mm. and um, also you need to book your flight and all the accommodation there in advance and print out all the receipts that you've already booked those things. And also you need to make a very comprehensive and reasonable um, uh, a plan of wh- how many countries are you going to travel and uh, like each day you are going to stay in which city, in which country. Oh, so they basically want your full itinerary while you're going to be there yeah. also. They want to know where you are going to be at all times. Yeah, yeah exactly. So Jesus. you need to do that. So, yeah. And also as me, because I'm, I'm a self-employed person, mm-hmm. uh, you need to have a kind of letter to declare that you have support financial uh, does the financial support and you have the regular income to support your life and also uh, for me because I, I I'm afraid I won't pass the, the application process I even um, I even submitted a, uh, a kind of a certificate of I'm owning a, an apartment in Shanghai mm-hmm. it's kind of everything like right. you have. I'm coming back. But that's basically what you're proving to them is that you're going to come back. It sounds like. Yes. Yes. And also, um, so, so basically I've, I, I, I will go to, um, Europe for 20 days. Oh, nice. So they just issue you no 21 days. Totally. Mm -hmm. So they just issued you 21 days. Totally. On the visa. They don't even give you that option to extend your flight or any of that i don't know if you want to extend your flight probably you can go to the embassy there if you have uh, some rationale but uh, i i usually we will 
uh, stick to the plan. And mm. probably you can do some adjust. I I don't think one hundred percent people will will go to the places and and follow follow the plan they've submitted. But uh, um, I think you ninety、um, percent you cannot change your flight back、mm-hmm. because、uh, to getting an extension I think is compli- complicated as well. Yeah. Wow, and you、yeah. have to basically have all of that booked before you even get the green light to say I've got the visa. So like、yeah. that sucks. Like what? So if they don't. Approve the visa. Like, what are the like cancellations on your flights and stuff? Do they usually have like a, a,、uh, I guess like a, a policy, particularly for hey, my visa wasn't approved. No, so 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 that's the um so so basically, first、uh, if you don't pass the 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 process, um you want the visa application to that, so that is money just submitted to. And then、um, now a lot of、uh, agents for you know the、um, ticket agent、mm-hmm. they have some kind of insurance. If you are、um, denied by the visa process, you can have some refund from the airplane ticket, which is good. Okay, cool. And、uh, for <clears throat> the accommodation, actually, you can book some. You know, in some like Agoda Booking dot com, you can have some. Uh, uh, kind of booking before which date you can change or cancel without any、change. got it. Yeah. So、okay. basically, before you have a, a green light of the visa application, usually we will book those kind of hotels, and then、mm-hmm. you can make some change accordingly. Yeah. So once you get that visa, oh man. So then is it like, and what if you want to go again, like? You know,、uh, seven months from now or something, you have to go through the entire process all over again. Yeah, that's so. That's wild. Basically, if you're applying for a single kind of visa for traveling, you、mm-hmm. need to go through that process again. But you can apply for, for example, three year Schengen visa as well. But you need to submit more kind of、um, uh, things. Financial support, you will come back. Yeah. Okay, so you have to basically, when you fill that out, let them know that hey, I'm thinking about being here for quite some time. Yeah. Okay, I guess that makes a little bit more sense.、Um, mm-hmm. So, on top of, I just can't believe you have to give like bank statements, bro. <laughs> like that's that's really blowing mind. Like this is. This is my personal. I mean, well, yeah, you give a lot. You give your social security number. I'm less concerned with giving my social security number to the、yeah. visa people as opposed to I am like,、yeah. why do you need to know how much I make? Like that's that's a <laughs> yeah, bit but, of a stretch. You know, like these visas, like um, like for for European visas or these, you don't need to have interview. You just submit the application.、Mm-hmm. Like for for like American visas, you need to have、um, first. You need to queue for a long time because a lot of people. Applying for that,、mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we still have、uh, American U.S. still have the ten years visa, the, like tourism visa for Chinese people. Oh wow! Okay.、Um, yeah, but、uh, usually it's ten years, so a lot of people apply for that. And also, if you have a U.S. visa, you can、um, access to a lot of country, other countries,、uh, developed countries 
without a a specific visa as well. Oh, so cool! People, yeah, a lot of people want to apply that. So you, but you have the the embassy has a very um, uh, restricted number every day to to the applicants. Mm. So basically, first you need to queue for a long time, and then you need to prepare everything, and you need to have an interview. I, I didn't. I haven't applied for an American visa, but um, as far as I know, like uh, they they can have the embassy can have a lot of reasons to deny you. Sometimes wow. this um, it's, it's strange, but um, yeah. But you need to have an interview to to ask you some questions. Then you will get a yes or no immediately. Oh, please they tell you right away. Yeah, this way they will could... tell you. Okay, you will get a visa. Have a great like trip. <laughs> Or sorry, we 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 cannot approve. But some usually they won't tell you the reason. I was going to ask you if they'll tell you what the reason is, so that uh, they decide. Okay, well, oh, so I need a different job, maybe, or I need to make more money. Cool, I can fix that. Give me six months, I'll be back. They just yeah, say, nah, yeah. it's cool. So, we don't want you here. Yeah, I think, uh, but some, uh, I think more and more countries are more friendly to Chinese people. Mm-hmm. A lot of like uh, uh, countries in. I know, like in South America, a lot of visas. Like other countries, people are are very difficult to get. They have some very good policy for Chinese people. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, where can people find you? Where can they see these incredible tattoos that you're doing? And where can they reach out to you if they have more questions about, you know, booking your trip? I mean, your tour in um, Shanghai. Where Where can the people find you? So basically, if you're on the Airbnb, because、um, now I have two、um, two main tours on Airbnb.、Mm-hmm. So first is the, the the tour we were walking through is the vanishing Chinese city,、mm-hmm. and another thing is、um, is showing、uh, more like more than. Uh, side of China and more kind of western side of、uh, of Shanghai. So that tour is named the、uh, um, spots hiding behind the bond.、Mm-hmm. So basically, these two、uh, routes are on Airbnb are operating on Airbnb now. And actually, I'm developing another one. You know, you remember、uh, when we went to the Confucian Temple? Yes. There, That was the book market, right? Yes. Yeah, the the Shanghai's longest vintage book markets. I was thinking about probably can have a very、um, short side tour of visiting the book market to have the travelers probably to bargain or to have some communication like with my help with the local people. They are、oh, all、cool. very traditional Shanghainese people, like my parents' generation. Got it. Okay,、yeah. that would be really interesting. Because another thing that I learned on YouTube that it's commonplace to haggle prices、mm-hmm. in China. Like you don't、yeah. basically, if somebody tells you,、um, what's the、um, the currency in China?、Uh, RMB. Okay, yeah. So if somebody tells you seventy、um, RMB, you, you basically say no, that's too much, and then you, you either give them the price you want to pay or they give you a lower price. And it was like it's not considered.、Um, It's not considered rude to say、mm-hmm. no. That's too much. It's just it's commonplace, and it's funny because so where I work is、um, right inside、uh, Chinatown, and then we've got、yeah. like Tribeca, Soho. I work in Manhattan, and、yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with 
Chinatown, but like most major cities have an area called Chinatown because yeah, there's yeah, just yeah. a real heavy Chinese population there. Yeah. But in Chinatown, I remember, and I will not, I will not forget this because this girl was good. I went to, all I needed was a hat. I needed a new hat and some gloves. So I went in the store and she gave me a price. I'm like, nah, you bugging. Like, that's too much. I'm not paying it. And she was like, okay, 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 okay. How about, um, you know, this price? And I'm like, um, how about <laughs> this price? And it's like, I didn't realize that culturally, maybe that's why the prices are priced at a certain point because they're just going to haggle you. Because it's like, it's one of those um, souvenir shops. You know what I mean? There's a million and seven souvenir shops. And then there's like a ton of like uh, markets and fruits and stands and stuff in the area but uh i always think of that experience i had buying that and it was a good hat too i think i'm hoping i still got it someplace because it's gonna be cold in a couple of months but um yeah so that was when i learned that haggling is normal and not offensive it was um very eye-opening for me so I think that that will be a really fun tour for you to offer so that you can kind of be the liaison, if yeah. you will, to uh, yeah. help people do that because the book market was really interesting. And I thought it was really cool to see like a lot of American celebrities <laughs> on these magazines. And then even the um, the DVDs that in my mind I thought were real and you were like, no, I think they're yeah. fake. <laughs> it was really cool to see like American movies and American stars on these magazines with like everything in Chinese. So that was cool. And where can they find mm -hmm. you um, like on, um, I guess, social media? What kind of social media do you have that um, I guess Americans will have access to? Yeah, so basically um, uh, I have an Instagram account as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I, yeah, I, I posted a lot of my like photos taken and my tattoo work on that. So um, uh, it's uh, it's Mickey Jing J I N G zero two two five. Okay. So yeah. So and how do you spell Mickey? Well. It's M I K I. Yes, M I K I. So yeah, because my Chinese name first name is Jing, so it's a, a, a very uh, normal account. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's my account. Yeah. So yeah, so I I post this on my life and also most of the more tattoo works. Mm -hmm. So yeah, welcome um, like. To yeah, I, I, I like uh, communicating with different people. I follow a lot of uh, pop stars in America as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, many of them are not even like they are an depending on who you follow. It's like, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, you're our representative to like the rest of the world. You make us look terrible. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what do you do? They're entertaining, right? Um, yeah. So I'll definitely have a link to your. Um, airbnb experiences yeah. on the website and in the description for the podcast episode as well as a link to your instagram so okay. thank you so much again mickey for um doing the podcast like i really appreciate you getting up early to do this with me and i appreciate you taking the time to you know tell my listeners about all the things that blew my mind while we you know had our walk and our talk in um shanghai and i appreciate you sharing yeah, no problem so i think uh, anybody want to visit shanghai or visit china um i think uh, there are a lot of things if you never visit um shanghai or china there will be a lot of new things for you and uh, i think despite the 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 the, the, the 
politics, the, the relation between between the two countries. I think everyone is very, very welcome to Shanghai and, and, and China. Yeah, because it, that itself is a shit show. But that ain't our fault. We ain't have nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Mickey. And guys, thank you for listening. I appreciate you all coming through. So be sure to um, hit up Mickey on the Instagrams. I'll have the link in the description. And if you are in Shanghai, um, book your tours. All right, guys. So see you next week. Blah, 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 blah. Bye.